It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on this issue of Comic-Cast, we are giving our full review of Godzilla vs. Kong, and we're discussing episode three of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Coming up. How do we do this? Stay down. This is Comic-Cast. On podcastarena.com. Here's your geeks, John Lee and Michael Carroll. Welcome into issue 367 of Comic Cast. John Lee here. Hey, with Michael Carroll. Thank you guys for tuning into this first issue of the week. We have reviews for this issue for the first uh, issue of the week, and we're going to start with Godzilla vs. Kong. What was your, uh, I guess, overall impressions of the movie? Okay. Let me preface this by saying I did a rewatch beforehand uh, so I could get a feel and remember a lot of things from the MonsterVerse. And upon rewatching and leading into this movie, I, I liked it. It was enjoyable. Was it my favorite of the MonsterVerse? I don't think so. I think that that goes to Godzilla King of the Monsters. But this one, I enjoyed it. It's it's a fun movie, fun dumb action movie. Warning, warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned, I Godzilla and Kong are fighting. Obviously Godzilla won. I mean, how could he not? And yeah, it was good. It was it was all right. It was fun. Uh, yeah, I felt the same way. Uh, no, well, actually, I uh, of all the movies, of all the Godzilla movies, I think this was my favorite one. Really? Okay. Okay. I the with the first Godzilla movie, I and and we talked about this. I, I don't know when, but um, I recently, within the last year, saw the first Godzilla movie with um, Elizabeth Olsen and. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Good job. You got it. Okay. <laughs> With Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. And there are certain things in movies and TV shows that I cannot forgive. And her leaving her child behind in this gigantic, chaotic, uh, you know, Godzilla showing up and just wrecking shop and, and just, you know, going through and piling through cities and stuff like that. As a, as a human being, I feel like uh, 
a mother would never, ever, ever leave their um, child with anybody else during a giant crisis like this. And I love Elizabeth Olsen, but there, I could not forgive it. And it just soured. It just gave me this nasty taste in my mouth, and it just ruined the whole movie for me. Godzilla King of the King of Monsters, I thought it was fine. It was a lot better than what um, critics were giving it. It was giving it like a forty on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I th- I enjoyed it. You know, I really wasn't expecting much from acting, um, but I was, you know, I was, you know, intrigued to see Ghidorah and uh and mothra and and godzilla you know take the big screen uh the cg could have been better um but um i thought it was a fine movie and i just thought that um godzilla versus kong and and maybe it was because of the anticipation and just the hype around the entire thing and me going in treating it like i would treat john wick where i could care less about the human characters and (laughs) the dialogue and I just wanted to see them just fight. And I do I wish that, you know, they would have squared off for longer? Yeah. I wish that it was, you know, uh, an hour and a half of fighting and just only 30 minutes of dialogue. But it, that wasn't the case. It was about about an hour of fighting, an hour of dialogue. Um, so, you know, going into it, I was just like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, you know, close my brain off to, you know, plot holes and all that stuff. But uh, I, I'm just gonna enjoy the the CG and just the fighting, and I walked away pleased. I I mean, I walked away pleased with the fighting. I think the fighting was some of the strongest fights we've seen in the MonsterVerse. Like one, because we can actually see most of them, um, and you actually see the Godzilla and Kong going back and forth, and uh, obviously there's the the thing at the end, but. I, I think the MonsterVerse action scenes are really good, but the plot aspects of this one, I just couldn't get over. And the fact that it seemed to like telegraph the whole Mecha Godzilla thing and the cybernetics, Apex cybernetics, I, I guess I was looking forward to much more of a buildup and much more of a shock. But And maybe it's because we just follow this stuff close closely. I was expecting them to depict Apex Cybernetics in a maybe a little bit different way, but it was like from the jump, it felt like they were the villains throughout the whole thing. And it just, I don't know. I didn't love the plot. I didn't love the human characters. I think the only character, the human characters that I liked were, uh, I like Millie Bobby Brown's character. I just didn't love the journey that they had her go on in this one. Brian, uh, Brandon Tyree Henry or Brian Tyree Henry is it Brian, Brian Tyree Henry? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he was great. Like David was saying last week, loved him to death. His plot, I don't know that I loved the the whole thing about his plot and everything, but I I loved him in the movie. He was great in the movie. Uh, and the I think it's Rebecca Hall and the young girl, like those are the main human characters I liked. Everybody else was kind of annoying, kind of didn't make sense. I don't know. It was the whole thing with that. I, it was a bit frustrating in terms of, uh, like Damien Bashir, great actor. I think he had fun being the, if, being like a twirly twirl mustache type villain because it it definitely felt like that throughout the entire time. It never felt like to me that there was. We're gonna make a giant Mecha Godzilla. Why? Because we can. <laughs> because we want to. Um, 
I don't know. I just I was expecting a little bit more in terms of the plot. And maybe that that maybe that's the fault of myself giving it a little bit too much, but I don't know, just the motivations. And this one, honestly, I would have liked to have, like you said, a little bit more. Like this is the, probably the shortest one of the MonsterVerse. I think it came in at like an hour fifty. Like honestly, yeah, hour, yeah, yeah. Without credits, it was about yeah around that time. Yeah, it's like honestly, you could have gone two ten, you could have gone two twenty. I would have been fine with that because it just felt like there could have been some more connective tissue to get you from point a to point b like i mean i get it like the 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 plot lines in the other movies weren't the best either but at least to me it was a little bit more believable of how they got from point a to point b this one felt like the weakest in terms of we got to get to the hollow earth or we got to do this or we got to do that and it just was like i don't know i i couldn't get behind it so the, so I, I did see that they did cut out um, the, the scenes that did, they cut out that didn't make the movie were a lot of the human scenes mm-hmm. and characters like Zhang Ji got cut out. Um, I don't think she appears at all in the movie, right? I don't. Yeah, no, not at all. And for the life of me, I could not find Lance Riddick or uh, Reddick in it. And, and they said he had a small part in it and they cu- apparently cut out a, a bunch of his scenes um, and I think with uh, Jessica Henwick too, um, and I do not remember. And I'm looking at the cast list. I don't remember Diana Gurrier in it. No, I I don't remember her at all being in it. Yeah, and I mean, it just happens to be for you know um, minority characters, well. right? Um, and and I I feel like uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. I uh, Isa Isa Gonzalez mm-hmm. was absolutely worthless in the movie um i she all the only purpose that she served was a communication device between her and her dad and um and it was just like you know she was just there i mean i don't really know if she's a great actress to begin with anyway she's the only thing i've seen her in is one of the fast and the furious movies but yeah i'm with you man like the the human characters are just kind of blah um, I I love Millie Bobby Brown in a lot of the stuff that she does, but I don't know if she served much of a purpose. Maybe just to humanize everything. Um, uh, I think the, the two people that did st- did stand out, Brian uh, Tyree Henry, uh, like me, you, and David were talking about, and and maybe uh, Alexander uh, Skarsgård. Um, but other than that, everybody and Rebecca Hall. But other than that, I felt like Kyle Chandler was underused, um, and I'm sure a lot of his scenes got cut out. Uh, Julian Dennison was fine. Um, it, it, I I wasn't expecting much from the human characters, and that's kind of what we got was, you know, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Isa Gonzalez was is a fine actress, but it's like what they gave her to work with. I don't know. I didn't love it. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, he's he's a fine actor too, but I didn't. Like, to me, he wasn't heroic. He wasn't likable. He wasn't, like, anything at all. And I guess there's supposed to be this turn where he goes from being a coward to being more, like, in the moment heroic. But, I mean, from the jump, even after he's described as a coward, he he goes and, and does, like, actually releases Kong from his restraints or the chains on the boat. So, like, it felt like, he's a coward kind of 
not really. Like he actually will do a decent thing. So I don't know. There wasn't much growth for his character. There wasn't really much growth for any of the human characters. And it was just like, okay, if this is going to be the human characters, at least give us a lot more monster fights. And the fights that we got were good, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Godzilla versus Kong, or maybe just some, another Titan getting into the mix. Cause you know, in the last movie it was established, there's like 17 of them or whatever, and they're all worshiping Godzilla. Did they just all go back to sleep or like what happened? I, you know, I, I thought there was going to be some more connective tissue to explain how things were in a time where we're all just living with these giant monsters and they could just pop up at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that, um, kind of confused me was, um, and I, I guess, you know, if you guys haven't seen it by now, you've already tuned out to this, (laughs) to this (laughs) issue. Uh, but I guess one of the things is that, um, you know how they they made this whole big deal about like when they, whenever they go into, uh, the, the center of the earth, Mm -hmm. uh how how, like gravity kind of reverts and like just like or i guess i don't know exactly what they said but like it just inverts i think gravity inverts and like your body is like just being torn apart what happened when they went out of it like it just (laughs) felt like did they cut that entire uh, part of it out to save time or were they were they okay with it because it just seemed like in a blink of an eye they were out of the entire out of the center of the earth yeah, because I mean, Godzilla blew a hole all the way down, and it was which fine. is that was weird. I mean, that <laughs> felt like that you know that that would have been like uh, super far away for Godzilla to do that, right? Yeah, I I was kind of like they made such a big deal about it, and also too speaking of when they're actually going into it, and they have that moment of like all the flashing lights and stuff. Really feel like there should have been a warning about photosensitive folks for like mm. epileptic seizures or something because they. I'm not that type, but I was like, oh my God, this is a lot right now. Like it was mm-hmm. a little bit too much. So I, I don't, they made such a big deal about it, but then they, they just went up. Like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem like it was a big deal to go back up and it just like stuff like, like little things like that. While it's, it's, it is inconsequential and yeah, it's like, I get it. I am here for the monsters, but like at least make it a little bit more cohesive. Like I felt like the other stuff in the other films were at least cohesive enough to where I'm fine with, yeah, it's a little weak in terms of where, how we're getting it, but I'm fine with it. This one has was by far the weakest. And so I kind of struggled getting by and normally I let the monster fights supersede anything. But this one, I was like, man, I can't, I just can't let it slide. I, I expected a little bit more. So, uh, and then uh, another, and this might be a nitpick, I I don't know. So they really did do a poor job of establishing new characters um, and, well, uh, establishing old characters like Kyle Chandler. Like, he barely had a role in this movie. He was, like, in Um, two scenes, I think. It was, like, really, like, limited. Yeah, and he's a fantastic actor. I I, I feel like they just uh, underutilized. I I think uh, Isa uh, Gonzalez appeared in more um more scenes than can Kyle Chandler did oh, yeah. but um uh Ren uh Sherozawa and I was like oh Ren Sherozawa that isn't that you know Ken Watanabe's uh character's last name from the other you know Godzilla movies 
And I was like, you know, he was Dr. Ish Ishiro, Ishiro Shirozawa. I'm like, oh, it must be like their son, his son. No mention of Dr. Shir uh, Shirozawa. I, I guess they're not tied w together one bit. And I'm like, if he, if they're not tied, why'd you name him the same last name? I, I don't know. I just, I, for some reason, that bothered me. No, that bothered me too. Because it was like, Shirozawa was a big part of the first two Godzilla <laughs> movies. Like, that's a <laughs> big character. And he has a big moment where he sacrifices himself to save Godzilla. And the fact that this villain character has the same last name. Is he his son? Is he related? Like, there is there a reason why he's doing this? Like, it felt like we needed clearer motivations for the... I get, like, they want to be the top... Like, they want humanity be, to be number one. But it felt like there was no motivation other than we are rich powerful company we can do this we can make a, a mecha godzilla to do the things we want because yeah sirizawa it felt like there's got to be more to him than just simply being the second fiddle to damien bashir's character yeah i mean that's what he felt like it was just like the, the henchman and he did everything that you know he, he uh sure did everything right. that he told him to and just kind of like oh, i guess but despite all those things um unless you had more negatives to talk about here uh, well, I will say the trailer now looking back at the trailer, they totally spoiled Mecha Godzilla because in the, yeah, in the one of the first shots, it's the scene where Mecha is coming over the like city. And if you pause it quick enough, you can see it's Mecha Godzilla. Mm. And then in, in one of the scenes where they show Sirizawa in the trailer, he's standing in front of a display and part of the display shows like <laughs> part of Mecha Godzilla's leg or something. And so it's like looking back at those trailers, it's like, Oh my God, y'all doomsdayed it so hard. It's so stupid looking mm. back. And it's just, it's frustrating because I, I really wish they had built up the angle of this is Godzilla versus Kong. Something's happening. We don't know why. That's it. But from the jump, like starting with Brandon or Brandon, Brian Tyree Henry's like podcast angle, like him, like, oh, I'm exposing them and all that. Uh, Starting off with that, it was like, okay, we should question these folks from the jump. There was no, there was no, uh, a mystery behind, oh, are they good? Are they bad? You know, it's just, I would have liked to, uh, to, to have them play up the Godzilla versus Kong angle a little bit stronger, a little bit more, you know, just for something. Oh, and then too, to write off Skull Island as the storm is just taking over was a little frustrating, you know? Like mm -hmm. it's just like that's such a cool island that you could have explored more of to just wipe it away because the storm. I, I don't know. I didn't like that. Um, I don't know. It's just like little plot things that they did in this movie that I was I was a little frustrated with. Um, that part wasn't as frustrating as some of the other parts to me. Skull Island, like, is like okay. I guess like they're trying to find a, a way to get you know, ship Kong off and, uh, and, you know, have him face off against Godzilla and like him becoming too big for, uh, Skull Island, I guess I was like, oh, I guess kind of makes sense. But then like his, you know, Kong's ancestors, like, you know, some of his, you know, relatives did grow up in Skull Island. So how, how did they not, um, get too big? Were they not as big as Kong? I, I was like, I, you know, I questioned it a little bit, but then I, I was able to get past it because, again, I took off my thinking hat for the entire <laughs> two hours and just, you know, wanted wanted fights and whatnot. But 
Um, but yeah, I thought I was like, oh, I guess they're trying to find some way to get him off the island. And I guess the geniuses over there <laughs> thought this was the best way. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll accept it. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. And I, I get Godzilla was wanting to fight King Kong because it's another alpha and all that. I get it. Um, and I guess the military attacks him first towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just didn't like the way. I don't know. I, I didn't like the way they were portraying like Godzilla's motivations. Uh, I didn't. I just find it funny. It was like, okay, just play dead at the end of the first fight. Like, just, <laughs> just, just kill all the engines. We're dead. Then just possum basically the whole thing. I don't know. It was just again things like that were a little like, okay, that's where you're going, I guess. But I don't know. I I do like the fight on the boat on the aircraft carrier. I thought it was cool. The punching, you know, got uh, Kong jumping off the, the aircraft carrier when Godzilla's about to blow it up. Uh, the actual fight in, what is it, Tokyo, where they were going back and forth? Um, no, it was in or where China. Was it? Oh, was it in China? Okay. I think so. I, I forget where, but I think I think the fight took place in Hong Kong. Uh, I can't remember. I, don't I think remember it was somewhere either. in China. Okay. I, I was... See, I don't remember. Let's see, but the, the that last fight in that uh, the nightlight city and everything like that was cool. Uh, actually, having I guess Kong needed a magical axe, a stormbreaker of his own, so he could <laughs> fight uh, Godzilla, which was cool. Like, I mean, it was fine. I, I thought it was interesting that he could find this mythical weapon. Uh, it was it was kind of cool. Um, and then the actual fighting with it, and of course when Mecha. Godzilla shows up and them actually teaming up and Godzilla powering up the the weapon like that was cool like I'm not gonna lie like that stuff was pretty cool yeah uh it was in now I want to be politically correct here and a lot of people in Hong Kong really despise China it was in Hong Kong oh it was Hong Kong okay yes uh so yeah, all of that was really, really cool. Um, I loved, I absolutely loved um, the uh, the the callback to the old Godzilla versus Kong, yeah. where Kong takes the giant tree and shoves it in Godzilla's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, he did the same thing with uh, what was it? He did it with Stormbreaker. Yeah, with the the butt, with, the butt end. Yeah, the, the end, butt end. end of it. Yeah. And he's just like stuck it in his mouth. I was like, oh God, that was great. That was great. But we all knew that Kong had absolutely no match against Godzilla. It's like the only thing that Kong has on Godzilla is he's probably quicker and has, you know, opposable thumbs and and a longer reach. But Godzilla is just stronger, has more stamina, a better chin, um, (laughs) armor. uh, It's just, and he has this radioactive laser beam um, that would, destroy kong and going into it there's like there's no way there's no way Godzilla kong wins yeah no exactly i i mean it was pretty clear godzilla was going to dominate he won round one got got beaten round two yellow uh 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 cocky in round two but then he came mm-hmm. back in round three and just he beat the crap out of kong i was like dang kong uh, i'm sorry that that happened to you but yeah i mean it's, it's a it's an atomic breath giant dinosaur lizard that's like thick armor where he can't be hurt and got uh kong has been hurt by like bullets and missiles and things like mm-hmm. that so i mean it wasn't real i mean kong made it tough he made it a tough fight but 
the the right one won in the end. But obviously Kong gets his moment of triumph as he takes out Mecha Godzilla in the end. So it's I mean I think it balanced out well. And I liked how they handled that because it did seem like it's obviously Godzilla would win this fight. Oh, you still give Kong his moment with Mecha Godzilla. That's cool. Like I I liked how they handled that. I will say. I don't understand why Mecha Godzilla f- flipped out in the end. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, if it was just, if it overpowered him in some way, I don't know if it tied to the fact that they had Ghidorah's skull in some way i didn't i didn't really understand any of that and if the Ghidorah skull is the amount like at the end of king of the monsters there was that moment where we see that they have a head of Ghidorah. if it just amounts to this guy is sitting in a pod inside of Ghidorah's head skull and that's all we get of Ghidorah. like that was a little frustrating too yeah that yeah that was definitely frustrating you're kind of like uh, and then and even even right now i'm kind of like well are they gonna address the whole Ghidorah thing and i'm and and i'm guessing like that was it um uh, I, and i'm like sitting here thinking you know if they make another one i hope they address this whole Ghidorah thing but they didn't even really they didn't even mention it they didn't do anything and so i'm like okay i guess this is exactly how you know exactly how they what they did with it so i'm just like okay that is a little frustrating and that has that 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 in itself has to do with the the writing and the and the whole the human element to all of this which i completely ignoring when i'm judging this movie i'm ignoring everything that we just talked about for the last 20 minutes other than oh big shiny battle ooh me likey <laughs> right and again, like I gave it, I, I like the movie. It, I gave it on a uh, letterbox three and a half stars. Like I like the okay. movie. I'd rewatch it. And maybe I'm, I, I, I do love Godzilla. So maybe that's partly why I'm kind of going hard at it a little bit more. Cause I expected just a little bit more. Cause I, I the, fir- the last film was so beautiful um, in terms of the cinematography of how they shot the monsters and how they shot the fights, whether it's Ghidorah, like, raising its wings or appearing in the uh the mist of the clouds or uh, like i was telling you and i think in in text when we were talking about it the way godzilla like swims towards the humans in that underwater like station and it's just kind of pulsing and like different things like th- different things like that were really cool about the last couple of films mm-hmm. but then this one i don't know it just it doesn't work as well for me. And it didn't seem like they were leaning into any of that as much as they did in the previous films. Hmm. That's uh, that's understandable. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed it and I probably gave it, I, I oh man, I, I forgot what I said. I don't even know if I talked about it with David, but I think, uh, I mean, like just looking at it, I think, uh, you know, from a pure, action standpoint i think a good you know 80 is good for me mm-hmm. but then you combine it with the plot it probably brings it down to like a 70 which is i mean I, it's still a good movie and i think you know if you gave it a three out of five three a uh, 3.5 out of five then that kind of uh, if you ex- uh, if you kind of expand on that it's around the 72 so yeah i mean we, i think we both 
feel the same way about the movie. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would rewatch it. I would still enjoy it. It's fun. It's dumb. You know, it's, it's, it's a Godzilla movie, but I did expect more, at least a little bit more, more coherency in terms of the humans. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the first Godzilla, I, I understand your, your point about the Elizabeth Olsen aspect to it. Uh, but outside of that, I felt like that had probably the best in terms of family drama to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And then Kong Skull Island has pretty good drama, family drama, not family drama, but drama in terms of humans on the island and everything. King of the Monsters gets weaker, but at least it's coherent and clear what the villain's like ultimate goal is. This one, it was a mess outside of the fighting. Yeah. All right. Um, next, uh, we want to talk about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 3. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned, right? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it was if I was not in the mood for it, but like, I just, I, it, something was off to me this entire episode. Um, and I don't know if it's because it just seemed like Baron Zemo was like catering to everything Bucky and and Sam wanted, but I almost felt like this wasn't the Baron Zemo we got in um, Civil War. No, I I agree with you. It's a little. That's probably my biggest concern, if you will. It he doesn't necessarily feel like the same Zemo. He feels a little bit lighter, and I guess time will tell. But I am a little worried about his depiction because if it does feel like he's he's being treated in more comedic, funny like it was funny in certain instances. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the the dance thing is is everywhere now. The dance meme of him, but. I, I am a little worried that this is not the same Zemo that broke up the Avengers in Civil War, and it was arguably one of the better villains in the MCU thus far. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it uh, more. Uh, obviously, I'm going to give it, uh, you know, him another chance because I think he does a good job with that character. But it's kind of like I was, I was, and maybe it's because like it's the first time we've seen him in quite some time that it was like, oh, and I thought. Uh, I thought the turning point was going to be whenever he kind of separated from the group um, and he put his mask on. And, and at that, at that point I thought, okay, we're finally going to see the, the real Baron Zemo and he's going to be this badass, And then he's going to go separate between separate um, uh, among, he's going to separate from, you know, Sharon, Bucky and, and Sam and and do his own thing and that's when I, that's what i was like okay now we're gonna see the the fun side of this and then i was disappointed when he pulled pulled back up with the car i'm like oh man like you're really gonna stick with them aren't you <laughs> yeah i thought he was gonna run away at that point but i guess not i, I don't know i uh i i don't know because it try it feels like they're trying to make him a likable character in this in this instance, and which I don't think you need to. Right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think you need to as well. And I I, I just I don't know. That is a concern I have about this about the show so far because he is the man that broke up everything. He did kill King Tachanka at at one point, and you know he's not like the greatest of people, and it's just kind of very chummy so far, and it's just it's a little weird to 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 see that and i and i did like you expect him once he put on the purple mask i thought that was the moment where okay he's out he's done his thing and i i guess they do have a common 
a threat in terms of the the super soldiers. So, I mean, I guess I could see him kind of hanging around because of that, but still, he still doesn't like heroes just in general. And even if Bucky is a means to an end right now, it just I feel like there should be more um, vitriol towards each other. Yeah, and like it's not like he needs them to to you know support him financially. I mean, like we saw in the third episode, he's rich. He can. He it, the only part of it is that I know that he's he's not you know the best at defending himself, and and Bucky and Sam can do that because you know he's obviously um, a, a person of um, uh, I guess. Uh, they the of interest to a lot of people i could see that i could see that aspect and maybe he's biting biting uh, biting his time and making or waiting for the right moment but i felt like the right moment was there where you know he he had that time to escape but i guess he didn't and maybe it's too early i don't know i hope i i do hope that um he finds his own way and tries to solve the problem on its on on by himself um, and then just becomes that same character that we saw in Captain America: Civil War. Because honestly, you can you can really you you really can sympathize with that Baron Baron Zemo character in Captain America: Civil War because the Avengers did kill his family, and um, and, and that was something on his uh, something on his list that hey, like these these people destroyed my family, I'm gonna destroy theirs, and that anybody can relate to not relate to you know something catastrophic like that but some you know as in uh, from a human aspect you can relate to losing somebody because of somebody and wanting to take revenge on them and that's very uh and i don't know why they're trying to you know make him be more likable um i think that you can humanize him uh or you can relate to him from captain america civil war so i didn't think that that this whole part comedy part of it needed to be needed to be done yeah i i've i think if they had lightened up his because he was you know just looking at it from a comedic standpoint it was funny like different moments were funny but it's just like in the back of my mind i'm like should i be laughing because zemo kind of broke up the avengers and he's kind of a <laughs> bad dude um i don't know and i'm guessing because in the episode they did talk about the dr uh nagel he did mm-hmm. say that he had he had made 20 of them. So I'm guessing he's biding his time to get to the other super soldiers to just end them or figure out where the rest of the super soldier serum is and wipe it out first and foremost before he tries to to escape from Bucky and Falcon because I'm sure he's going to try and escape. Uh, that's 100%. He's going to go on his own because at the end of the day, he does not like superheroes, so he's going to find a way to get out on his own, do his own thing and really develop to be the supervillain with the purple mask and everything. Um, I, I don't know. I, I did have those same kind of concerns though, that you did in terms of the depiction of Zemo. Um, I guess some of the stuff that I did like from this episode. Um, uh, I, I mean, we all knew that Emily Van Camp was coming back as Sharon Carter loved her return back and it, it addressed something that a lot of, I guess, uh, the Avengers films can't address is what happened to the people that did that, that were minor characters that did help out the Avengers. And she did, she took um, the wings, um, uh, Sam's wings back from 
um, I guess, uh, storage and lockup. And she did take the shield to give back to Steve. And then we kind of didn't hear from her afterwards. And then and then this addresses this. She basically got, uh, she's a fugitive and she's on the run and she's, you know, living the life uh, over there in Europe. And you're just kind of like, and she wants to go home. Um, and so she has this, you know, pent up uh, anger towards uh, Bucky and Sam. And she's like, you know, not a lot of people are uh, have the luxury of, you know, being best friends with Captain America to get pardoned and all that stuff. So and I do I do really like the the fact that they address that part. Well, I, th- I think this show is and, and the shows in general on Disney Plus are showing are well, they're going to do a better job of just showing you the ramifications of a lot of these things that have happened in the films. You know, the films are only two hours. They can only show you so much. The Disney plus shows are really getting uh, fans to be able to dive into what's happening. And one of the aspects I think the show is showing is collateral damage in terms of like, you know, Bucky with what he did and the collateral damage that he caused to people and families and things like that. But Emily Van Camp is another her 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 Sharon Carter character is another one where it's like, yeah, because she did that, she ended up not being able to go home, not being able to see family, not being able to 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 be just a regular person anymore. She's been stuck for I forget however long they they said for her. Um, But it's it's like things like that, like the Avengers, while they are heroes they do cause a lot of collateral damage in their wake. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, um, I, I think that, uh, Aaron Kellyman, uh, Kelly man, Kelly, man. I think she does such a good job. Like the very little lines that she has, but like, just like the, just the way that she acts and the, the way that they're portraying these, uh, what, what's the group called? Um, the, the flag smashers. Flag, yeah, flag smashers. I am kind of sympathizing with them. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks to lose half the people in the world. But again, like you said, they're addressing these people that live through these five years that were missing. And um, they, you know, they had to readjust their lives. And then all of a sudden, these other people come back, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the government's like, "Oh, we don't know what to do. We're giving, you know, we're diverting all our attention back to the people that uh, were affected by the blip, and then just basically left everybody else in the world kind of like, you know, just holding their junk. You know, it's just kind of yeah. like, hey, you, you know, there are other people here. Like, it was bet, it was we, it, it sucked. It got better, and we lost a lot of." She she does share a lot of the same ideals as Thanos, and she bought into this whole "it was better when the snap happened." And I'm kind of like, you know what? I I'm not wishing for anyone to die, but in Houston, in when you're sitting in traffic, it, <laughs> it, you kind of like hope that like you know half the people move out of here and just go somewhere else. It might not be good for the city the city economy. But it make my life a lot easier not <laughs> no not having to sit in traffic for, you know, an hour or two. Yeah. Oh well, and I was listening to um, an interview with the one of the the director for the show, um, and the director talked about she she mentioned, you know, during the blip when everyone was gone, countries that were normally against each other because just 
everyone disappeared. They kind of started working together mm-hmm. and everyone just kind of started working together and they like have this world where there is more unity than there ever has been before. And then all these people come back and then they just want to go back the way things were. It's like understanding that aspect to it and understanding like I, I think the Flag Smashers have never been the true villains at all throughout the, this the show. I think we were supposed to believe that at first, but then as they've pulled the layers back more and more, it's showcasing, yeah, these guys aren't the villains. They're, they are fighting for a cause that they truly believe in. I think the power broker here is probably the villain we need to all be uh, worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm still digging the show. I, I, I thought the third episode was a little, uh, even though it had the most, uh, actually, I, I think a lot of the, or the first two episodes had a lot of action in it too. Or I guess the second one, not as much as the first. But this was the first time where we you saw Bucky and Sam and Sharon all fight together. Um, and so like, I, I felt like this was the first time we saw like um, the, the power behind uh, the MCU in a, in a TV show um, throughout the entire episode. Um, and so I, I think the show's going to continue to get better. I just felt a little let down with uh, Daniel Brohl's uh, Baron Zemo character coming back and then him basically be, be this, you know, hurt puppy uh, <laughs> next to Sam and, 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 uh, and Bucky. And I hope and I pray that he kind of like ventures off on his own and becomes this, you know, um, vigilante. And I hope that's the case, but um, I'm not... I'm not holding my breath because uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like if he does branch off, then there's the flag, there's the flag smashers, there's the power broker, there's Baron Zemo, there's U.S. agent, and just like just too much. Yeah, there's a lot. I I think I do think Zemo does pull away, but maybe not until the end of this uh, season, and we get more of an idea of what his ultimate plans are. Because I don't. I don't think he's going to stay super chummy with Bucky and, and Falcon. I think he does flip at some point on them, but not necessarily in the way we expect. I I also don't think the Flag Smashers, uh, they, I think they fight them, but I don't think they are the ultimate fight here. I, I think, well, depending on what they do with John Walker, obviously we didn't get much of him in this episode, but he's going to be on the trail. Uh, the power broker. I'm really curious to see if they really are developing the same power broker from the comics um, to depict in the show or not, or maybe it's a flip of some kind. Um, I do. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I did like the showcase of Mandrapore, which is a big, obviously a big place in the comics and to showcase. It's like this almost lawless place is pretty, it was pretty interesting to see. And I, I, I enjoyed it overall. I thought I thought it was cool to finally get Mandrapore in the MCU. Do you think that the global uh, reparational or reparational reparation council is going to be a, a bigger have a bigger play in all of this? Yeah, I G- think GRC. Yeah, I think so. The fact that they opened up with a commercial and then quickly show them like police policing folks, I think mm-hmm. they're I think they're going to play a bigger angle here too. And then, of course, uh, uh, at the end, uh, um, uh, was it uh, a yo? Uh, she makes in a, ca- a cameo from uh, um, uh, from Black Panther. She yeah. makes a cameo. I mean, she was also in Captain America: Civil War. I think that's the first time we saw her um, uh, squaring off, or not squaring off, but uh, getting in the face of Black Widow, Natasha. 
Yeah. Um, and then she also had a, a minor role um, in, in the background with uh, the Black Panther movie. And then now she looks like she's going to have a more prominent speaking role here. And uh, looks like Wakanda is going to play into all of this uh, somehow as well. Yeah, because they're they have some beef with Zemo, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that angle. Uh, I don't know what I don't know how they're going to work this out, uh, especially with Bucky. I I was I was honestly I was caught off guard by that because I I was not expecting uh, the how do you say it Dora Marat Mar- Mar- how do you say it Dora Laji Yeah, I didn't expect them to show up. <laughs> yeah, and then but then like you you're like oh wait. Yeah, Zemo and uh, uh, and and uh, T'Challa have a have a thing. Yeah, and like, it makes oh, sense. yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense, and it would make total sense that they would probably be probably keep tra- track of him or keep tabs on him, and especially if he escaped from jail. So it it makes sense. It's just oh man, this is another angle I didn't expect for this. This seems like a lot now. Like as you said, the Flag Smashers, Power Broker, Zemo, this that, and we only got three episodes left. It's, oh, that is right. We yeah. have only six episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, now I think about it, I'm kind of like, well, you know what? We might not even get Zemo uh, branching off and going on his own until the very end. Yeah, that's what I, I think. As we, like a, as like a, uh, like a, you know, after Sam and Bucky, you know, win, Zemo might like slip away. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking happens because there's there's still so much to set aside and right now he has a common interest in what they're investigating i think he's going to go out of his way to try and kill all these super soldiers whereas you know falcon and bucky are going to probably try not to but he's going to go out of his way to make sure nobody gets a hold of this super soldier serum but i i do wonder too does john walker possibly get tempted or take the super soldier serum at some point uh, especially knowing that there was however many vials of it, 20, and we don't really know how many have been taken. So, I think so. I think he takes it, and then we, we probably get a season two. And he, I think he, I don't think he takes it at the very end. I, I think he takes it within the next uh, episode or two. And then, um, and then uh, I think that they're going to have some kind of standoff between um bucky sam and u.s agent john walker yeah i i agree and that has been issue 367 of a comic cast thank you guys for tuning in and on the next issue of comic cast we will be breaking down a couple of trailers and we have juicy little article from the hollywood reporter on ray fisher and the warner brothers so we'll talk about that as well so uh, you can always follow us on Twitter. I am at One Punch. I'm at Producer Mike 975. Until next time. Okay. All right. Uh, first one, we'll give our thoughts on Godzilla versus Kong um, and then Falcon Winter Soldier. Sounds good. Okay. Alrighty. Hold on. Let me pull up. Was that was that episode two or th- that was episode three of uh, yes Falcon, Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier? Yeah, episode three. Okay. Alrighty. Okay.
All right, three, two, one. Coming up on this issue of Comicast, we are giving our full review of Godzilla versus Kong, and we're discussing episode two. And we're discussing episode three of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Coming up. We just we just said it. I know, I know. And cut. <laughs>